podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello there, my name is Miles Jupp, cricket fan, and together with my co-host Mark Wood, actual cricket man, we invite you to listen to Middle Please Umpire, a new cricket podcast containing the two of us banging on and sounding off together about cricket and quite possibly all manner of other things, while lifting the lid on Mark's life as an international cricketer. And as if that wasn't enough, we shall be welcoming some great guests along the way and chatting to them about life on and off the playing field as they spill the beans, drop some truth bombs and see if they can withstand the scrutiny of our brutal interrogations. Middle Please Umpire is available right now from all your favourite podcast providers. And welcome to um, Footballistically Arsenal. I'm Boyd Hill. Boyd, did you briefly forget what podcast you're yes. presenting? You do yes. that many, you yes. just had to stare and look at it was me yeah. and Gareth the Bear Parker to remember yeah. which one you're doing. Yeah, well, it's all a bit, it's all a bit um, unusual for us because this is the second time in two podcasts that we've done a post-match immediate reaction podcast, which is what... I mean, we're not really doing that. We just happened to decide, you decided that we should record this after yeah. this game. Josh, uh, well, rather than go on. It, it would have been out of date very quickly if we'd done it yeah. last night. Yeah, and right. now we can also, I wanted it to be even more positive than it would have been just uh, after yeah. Chelsea. Well, we're in severe danger. We were in severe danger, uh, certainly after the f- terrible first half tonight against Brighton. Turgid. Of, Turgid. Of, <laughs> Turgid. That, that, that man saying Turgid, who I have I was building up to introduce, but now he's thrown the word Turgid in. I have to go to him now. Is Gareth Parker. Gareth the Bear Parker. This is one of our very um, occasional, semi-regular double bear podcasts because, of course, Josh is known as the bear by his, his group of friends. Um, I'm, I'm only known by the bear by you guys, but um, I, I take your most cherished yeah. group of friends. Yeah, very clear. Yeah. And actually, I'm definitely in terms of how her suit I am uh, because of a lack of pre-Christmas spruce. I'm feeling very bear-like. Um, what I was going to say, Josh is gesticulating wildly, but I was going to ask um, whether, just like the footballers, boy, you might be feeling a little bit fatigued over this <laughs> over this period, and therefore that, that could have a. Uh, excuse, I am momentarily lapse. I am. My introduction to this podcast was the equivalent of um, uh, of uh, El Nenny's diabolical taking about five minutes to decide whether to pass it to um, to Tierney in the first half, and then doing it anyway. By which point, the entire Brighton defence had amassed round him to block um, his run. Um, yeah, it was a bit like that. Josh, what were you going to say? Uh, bear, bear two. No, I was I was going to say if anyone wanted to um, understand quite how Gareth looks at the moment i would say remember olaf melberg in his peak <laughs> of um a footballer beard and this is how gareth looks but uh is pulling it off equally well um also boyd um can you give us an update on your injury recovery list when are you, when are you going to be match fit how's the injury coming along i don't know to be honest i'm going to the um hospital on thursday um new year's eve uh for a x-ray and full full update on my situation. I think I'll either have to go in for an operation um, or let it heal naturally. We one of the two. My guess is I'm going to have to have an operation. It doesn't feel like it's healing very quickly to me. So I'm sorry to hear that. Although I'm happy to hear the Olaf Melberg thing um, (laughs) because he famously knocked Freddie Lundberg off the top of the uh, uh, Sweden's sexiest male uh, pole in the, in the nineties. So uh, take that. Really? Play that all day long. Yeah. 
and, I can't and, believe yeah. anyone has ever knocked uh, Freddie off that that list. Yeah. That's extraordinary. I know. Wow. Well, let's leave. Your it. your beard is. We should. We should. We can talk more about the beard though. Gareth's beard is is magnificent. It's, I, I think this is the fullest length I've seen it um, Poss- over the years. Like I said, it's it's um, also slightly grizzled, and yeah, it's a little bit more uh, Nino Espirito Santo than I'd like it to be. Mm. Um, very Nino. Very Nino. Yeah, that's a more up to date football analogy than Olaf Melberg, who yeah. has been retired for some time. So, <laughs> yes. yeah, Nuno Espirito Santo, Santo is a better yeah. shout and is on, on telly as we speak, mm. I assume. Uh, yeah. I'm not watching it, but Wolves are playing Manchester United as we I report, am watching so. it. It's nil nil at the moment. Do we want, we, presumably, do we want, uh, now, it's weird, isn't it, being, we're now, we've now risen to the heights today as we speak of 13th in the league. Behind Wolves, Wolves are currently um, two points ahead of us. So I kind of feel like we want Man United to win this game in a we way, want don't we? Any, we oh, I, so my logic yeah. is anyone but Spurs for the title, of which United are competitors, we're not going to finish top four. And no. therefore United will knock Spurs down a ranking if they finish top two or three. Ergo, yeah. I... Although six of my crawl slightly, um, yeah, United to, to win this would be nice because Wolves are, let's be honest, uh, closer competitors than United yeah. are. For us. Yeah. Although we obviously lost to Wolves and beat, beat United. So yeah. I had this tonight as well with because Leeds played obviously the same time as us and Leeds beat, Leeds humiliated um, West Brom 5 0. Big, Sam, Big Sam's reputation is already, <laughs> already taken a battering. And I, I was, I, my, in my Arsenal WhatsApp group, Dan Baldwin said, I'm going to quote him, actually. He said, um, where are we? He'd rather West Brom got spanked when we have to play them next. Imagine if West Brom had won 2-0. Big Sam would have been unbearable against us. I don't know if I agree with that. Josh is nodding. Josh is nodding. Oh, 100%. I mean, Big Sam to get smashed 5-0 at home. And the the dooming reality that his... uh, you know, what he's been able to hold on to of never being relegated is coming to an end, apart from if he decides to leave yeah. or get sacked. I don't, I don't think this squad of West Brom players are good enough to stay up and it will be brilliant. I mean, Arsenal fans will probably not have that much to cheer, but Spurs falling out of the top four will, will probably be up there and Big Sam getting relegated is a, is a close second in my opinion. Oh, yeah. There I, is I, never I, a bad but... time. Never a bad time for Sam, Sam Allardyce to be beaten 5-0. Um, <laughs> Boys, we, 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 we'll get into the two wins that we've had. Yeah. But on paper, you yeah. know, out of the 38 Premier League games we'll play this season, we have the second easiest game coming next. And we couldn't ask for any more. And I a know. team that's just been batted 5-0, bring them on. Bring but them on. After being batted 5-0. We'll send nil. out Martinelli hold on, and all hold our on. brilliant players hold and on. they'll win. But after being battered, for, I have two things to say about that. One is Leeds United are another very close rival in mid-table for us. And we could have gone above them if they hadn't have beaten one today. And B, a team that's battered 5-0, they're going to be even more like 11 men behind the ball, aren't they? They're going to be playing a 1-10 formation against us. And we're not, as the first half showed, we're not that great at breaking down teams that have the low block and all of that. And that's surely that's exactly what they're going to do. I think we're going to labour against them. That's my prediction. At this no, I, don't, I don't think I don't think anyone would predict an Arsenal five 0 win this season because you, you'd be mad to, quite frankly, unless it was the could have been Europa League, unless of the Europa League games. Look, what, what, what are you going to say? Don't get worried about Leeds United being a 
point or two ahead of us or behind. Don't worry about it. We just got to get some points on the board. You know, the league table doesn't matter a huge amount at the moment. 15th, 13th, 12th. Josh, doesn't, doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. You've got very cockney all of a sudden in that, in that <laughs> answer. It doesn't matter, mate. Don't matter. It don't, don't worry about it. it. Don't, don't worry about it, don't, it, son. Don't worry about it because yeah. I sat here two weeks ago or for the last, sorry, four weeks and everything's been doom and gloom. And I just, I don't remember saying we could be sitting here a week from now with a couple of wins and it all starts to feel different. And, and it's slowly, I don't know, we're turning a massive ship and it's mm. going to take a while to turn, but we, we should feel encouraged how we were, you know, good against Chelsea and how we dug out a win today, particularly we were excellent that second half, you know, really once, once that first 10 minutes of the first half and we had more chances in that first 10 minutes of the second half than we'd had in the entirety of the first, I thought we're going to win this game. And I haven't felt like that in ages. I haven't felt confident. So no, forgive well, me for a bit of positivity, but I do apologise for the Cockney. That should never be coming no, no, into the podcast. No, it was funny. It was funny. You, you... But Gareth, it was good. It was good. No, I fully welcome, fully welcome the Cockney. It was just a bit All weird. Right. But it's Gareth, strange. Gareth, Gareth, the first half was absolutely terrible, wasn't it? It was almost like, and I think it was a warning, wasn't it? It was like, for me, you still have, you can't, you can't forget the fact that Xhaka Elneny is an unbelievably shit midfield really on, on a bad day and most of the days with those two are bad days the one against okay. Chelsea was a rare good day well I, I'm gonna before we get into the, the the personnel thing and I will be this is going to be a defense of Xhaka which I know oh, is incredibly God. unpopular opinion uh for an Arsenal fan to hold but actually I think that part of the problem was when I I'll, I'll level with you when I saw Brighton's team I thought easy Easy street. They're playing without a striker. We can dominate possession. They're not, they didn't have the mobility of Trossard. Welbeck wouldn't be there. I was like, good. And I guess Arsenal players, unconsciously, subconsciously, wherever it must have been, must have not had that intensity that they'd been drum, drummed into them against Chelsea. And that's what was lacking. I think uh, Elmeni is a very limited player. He's a six out of 10 player, seven out of 10 at best, and he will never be better than that. Jacker does veer between ones and twos and eights and against Chelsea was absolutely phenomenal. I think was, was and I think today, he was good. Well, no, he, this is the thing. He, I he mean, was, by his standards, no, no, phenomenal. His, pass, his passing was great. It was quick. It was decisive. It was through the lines. He scored a fantastic goal. He broke down play. He, he made a clever foul a couple of times, all the stuff that you normally say he doesn't do. He did. And then some, so I think that, yeah, this is my defense of Xhaka, who is a, He's listen. He's he's a he's a tit, and 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 it, and the, the sooner he's out of our squad, probably the better. But he's our second best central midfielder, and for as long as he's our second best central midfielder, with the first best being injured. Although I've heard he's been spotted spotted in. I love it like spotted in training. He's probably mm. quite as well, Thomas Party. But he's 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 going to be back fit soon. And yes, it's and it's alchemy, isn't it? Like. Uh, Xhaka and <laughs> and then he are not. It's the uh, opposite of alchemy, yeah, isn't it? I mean, that's the yeah. problem, and and that the turgidity, if if I can use that yeah. word, which I have, um, came partly from that slightly sort of yeah central midfield area. It also wasn't helped by those players like Martinelli, who was tr- the effort was there first half, but the. He just missed out a couple of times, and he wasn't as decisive as he was against Chelsea. And and, and actually, and I, a word for Emil Smith Rowe, who I think grew into the game more and more. And actually, as the game got stretched second half, his decision making was fantastic. So I think that yes, the first half was bad, but I think part of it would have been the 
after the Lord Mayor show thing, which you, you're always going to have, and the fatigue thing, which cannot be ignored. We played 10 of the same 11 players again. And very few, very few teams did that. Brendan Rodgers got slated yesterday for making so many changes, but he was like, well, what else can I do? It's, it's such a quick turnaround. Well, we've now played, and actually I, I would argue that probably our poorest player um, was the one player that came. I think Aubameyang was poor again. I think obviously mm. he's finding, finding his way back a bit, but he was ineffective. He made bad decisions. And, and I think that... Yeah, it, for me, it's a positive, partly because it's a bit of a ground out, partly it's Josh, I, when we went 1-0 up, I didn't feel that sense of impending doom. Now, I, I've been proved wrong not to feel this before, when all of a sudden it'll blindside me with a two late goals against us, but actually it felt more controlled. And it might have been the opposition, and it might, but I did feel as though they were slinging balls into a team that fucking giants let's be honest um and we were defending the box really well and part of it was down to the two center backs who again when I saw them line up against Chelsea I was worried I'm still not convinced Pablo Marie is is up to the standard but do you know what they did very well against a very physical side today so yeah I think there's Mm. a lot of reasons to be cheerful and I wouldn't say that a slow start is anything to get worried about certainly at this time of year when you're going to get lots of substandard performances from teams my yeah my only worry is that I, I think this I think the problem with this Arsenal team is that if we don't like against Chelsea when did that first goal? When did we get that first goal I think it came at just the time when if we hadn't have um scored then then we would have got frustrated. And I think after the first 10 minutes of this game, um, when we, we weren't really getting any shots on target, we didn't get any shots on target, um, the team reverts to, even against Brighton, who are terrible. I mean, they are, attacking-wise, they are diabolical. And, and as you say, the team he picked, I mean, I don't think Brighton fans are happy with that team at all. Um, so bearing all that in mind, we still managed no shots on target in that, in that first half and reverted after 10 minutes to the same absolutely terrible um, kind of performance that, that, that got us in this mess, got us in that horrendous run of all those defeats. And I think it is a bit worrying. I still think it's a bit worrying that we revert to that, that those players, and I think it's partly, and I'm so, and, and your defensive shaker was spirited and, I, and, I, and he wasn't, he was, he had a really good game, right? He had a really good game against Chelsea. Unfortunately for me, that underlines, if he can have a really good game once in every five or six or seven or eight matches, then the rest of the time, what he does the rest of the time is really shocking to me. And it's not helped that he has been paired with the incredibly limited El Nene, as you say, I think it's, but that midfield has to be one of the worst jointly and they always revert to the passing it back in the and, and by the time they decide to pass it forward the opposition team knows exactly what's going to happen and it's and that is exactly what happened in the entire first half and you I think against this terrible Brighton team and I think it's like why they I think the fear the those players having that fear of getting the ball forward and playing playing a, a risky ball to those front players is really still really worrying because uh, unless we score in about the first 10-15 minutes we always do that see I don't I'm sorry uh, Josh I'm gonna uh, jump in straight away there as well because I, I I hear what you're saying because it, it's impossible to ignore the lack of chances created however I don't think that our creative players those that create the chances are teenagers at the moment and 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 they were trying to take they they didn't it didn't come off today. Saka was brushed off the ball a few times. Um, Smith Rowe actually made some lovely runs, lovely touches, but wasn't quite 
affecting the game as much. And Martinelli didn't have the same impact he had against Chelsea. Now, they're the ones that... There was a very good ball forward, which Martinelli headed across, which was an inch away from being a fantastic chance for Bamiang. Wasn't it? There were there were more forward passes, however, they didn't quite come off. Where whereas second half, I think there was a particularly a ten minute spell where the confidence is up, and actually you're going to have that with young players when they're playing with confidence and swagger, they're more likely to try things. And it's My team. problem wasn't the it's, wasn't the young players at all. It's it's the old players. It's the midfield. It's the problem. No, 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 no. We we, we <laughs> can't give complete credit here to all the youngsters without acknowledging there are some you know some of the more senior players that have done a done an okay job you know in the last couple of games as well, Boyd. No. Yeah, no, no. I've acknowledged that. I'm talking about today. I'm talking about what happened today in that first half has to be put down to the tired lazy, fearful midfield that is terrible and has to be dealt with. And the only hope is when party is fit. Who would you and, have played and immediately Xhaka will be dropped, of course. Sorry, sorry, Josh? Just, just, just who would you have played Sabayos from the start? What would you have done um, differently tonight? Uh, I mean, I think I'd be tempted, yeah. I mean, I think, I think, I think... Shaka Sabayas is about better than Shaka Elneny. Shaka Elneny is... is the, what's the worst midfield? I don't know what... How? What? You're not putting... You kind of agreed that it's the worst midfield possible, but it's not... They, but they, they're not terrible. That midfield is not there to create. That midfield is there to put a platform for those three players... And it doesn't do that either. ...who are given more free reign. And then he gave the ball away about three I'm times. Not, listen, I'm, this isn't a defence. I know this is partly defence Jacker, but I also agree that when party comes in, it, it's the alchemy thing again. It, it's the... That one game at United showed that with someone doing all the water carrying, actually, it's a bit unfair because Party did absolutely everything in that game and was a phenom. But he won't be able to do that every game. And he will need someone there who is... We, we, it's, a, it's a position that we thought we had filled when we had Torreira. And actually, we did the... Like, Torreira went and Party came in. We still need... If Party's going to play, he is going to be on the front foot more than he is going to be mopping up so we all need someone who is savvy to to sniff out the danger stop it I watched Ndidi play against Spurs the other day and it was just a master class in just screening a defense doing all the right things nothing showy and just school the Spurs midfield which was quite enjoyable to watch now that's the sort of play that we don't have because actually that allows whoever else plays the midfield to be more forward thinking because we've always got to have the idea that the door's going to could be swinging open behind them, they're both going to play in a more reserved nature because then neither of them are up to that standard. And that's just the problem we have. So I agree with you. It's a very uninspiring midfield, but I do think that it's definitely one that played a part in the win today because they were sniffing out second half in particular. So Bios for me, I cannot stand him as a player. He's neither one thing nor another. I think he, he, Runs around a lot, looks busy. He's he's basically a short, short Spanish, short-haired Robbie Savage, who occasionally will do something. No, I think a lot of it is show. I don't think he is a good footballer, and I don't think he fits into our style of play at all. So when it's, I mean, I'd rather have Jacker than Sabias in centre in central midfield every day of the week. Well, I, I mean, I I, I would rather. Jack wasn't at the wasn't at the club at all, and I think in in the summer, I wonder yeah. one can only hope we'll get rid of him, and it won't be an issue because hopefully, hopefully, party will be will be our regular in yeah. that, in that position. But I mean, go on, Josh. 
No, I, I, I take your, your point to an extent. And I think Arteta has shown when Partey was fit where the pecking order yeah. was probably going to be. But yeah. for what we had available tonight, I, I wasn't... Hey, I'm not even. I'm not. I'm not. What was put out? To be honest, I I fully. I fully support and understand the team selection, and I wouldn't have changed. I would have been tempted to even to not even play Aubameyang because I think Lacazette did a great job in that game against Chelsea and played really well. Obviously, the the goal tonight was 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 extraordinary work. I think Arteta did say after the game. I've seen some quotes that he had a slight back issue, um, Lacazette, and maybe wasn't fit enough to uh, to start the game. But um, what a finish when he came on! That is. is, I didn't appreciate it on the first time I saw that but that was uh was really exceptional and a little reminder maybe to all of us that you know starting to get a little bit frustrated with um you know what he's uh what he was offering he's you know he's shown his worth in the last two games what did you make there were comments weren't there I don't know what you made of the Amazon coverage as a, a TV um person you know critic and personality Boyd. What, what did you make of it because Jim Beglin was uh it was nice to hear his voice I'm used to you know the yeah. Champions League nights and it's been yeah. a while he was talking about Lacazette and Aubameyang should have played up, you know, while yeah. playing up front together, wasn't he? I mean, look, I, I think the problem with Jim Begden and Enya Luca was the other um, uh, pundit. Very, you know, perfectly, perfectly um, eloquent. But they have that thing, I think, of a lot of a lot of um, pundits when they're brought in. I mean, and Amazon need it's to. Ha- it's lazy punditry, <laughs> is what it is. It's lazy, it's lazy punditry. punditry. I was trying to find a nicer way of saying it. Go they're on. not watching the games. They're not watching the performances. They're not yeah. understanding how we're playing. Lacazette is a much better central striker with players behind him that we did have today. And I think that if we're going to play in that way, and we go back to, hey, it's it's a little bit Groundhog Day because you us three talking about Olivier Giroud. I used to defend that boy to the hilt on this pod when people would be saying he's limit, he's a, he's, he's a lump. I'm like, he's a clever fulcrum player. Lacazette doesn't have the same guile necessarily, but he allows those around him to flourish just as Giroud did. But he was wrong. You're right. I agree with that. But Jim Beglin was even wrong. He said that um, none of the Arsenal managers have, have played Lacazette and Aubameyang together. I mean, they, of course they have. They've they played together loads of times, myriad, myriad times. And, um, you know, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't work. More often than not, it didn't. But that, but I think, in fact, Arteta's played them together like more often than not. Isn't he? I mean, not in recent times because Aubameyang's been injured. But he plays them together. I loads think he and was saying, was he saying maybe about as playing them as a front two? two. But yeah. I agree with your your wider point that you've been making. What, what did you make of the Amazon coverage, Boyd, over this recent period? Um, I think it's I think it's okay. I, I think I think the problem is like when you when you have loads of games simultaneously as they've got tonight for example then you end up with i think jim beglin i mean jim beglin's never been a great a great um insight into as he i mean seems a nice guy and everything but i just think it, it when you when you compare these kind of pundits with gary neville and jamie carragher right you're like there's a reason why those pundits on sky are so a well paid and b they're clearly they cover their big biggest matches because they're so they're so much more insightful you know, you're not going to get Gary Neville or Jamie Carragher banging on about how Lacazette and Aubameyang should be played together and they haven't played together. They know, even though they're not, you know, they're not watching Arsenal as much as we are as fans, but they know roughly what the fuck's going on. Whereas I don't think Jim Beglin knows what's going on. There's a great story about Gary Neville. <laughs> Gary there. Gas. Gene uh, When he started at Sky, he was mocked by a lot of his peers for being the first in the office for pouring over footage before games and it was and 
I've heard similar things, and again, I'm slightly biased as a mate, but Lee Dixon's another one who will watch lots of, even if yeah. he's not watching it week in, week out, he will swap, it's, it's crib sheet almost, no, it's notes to understand actually what the state of play is. But that requires hard work, and unfortunately, and yeah, um, I will defend certain co-coms and, and pundits to the hill, but others, the majority, I would say, just trot out the same thing again and again. There was, oh, I can remember once I went to a, it was an after dinner thing, Alan Hansen back in the day. And, and he was just coming out with all these. And I asked the questions, like, I asked a question. He started, and I was like, I've stopped you, Alan, because that just proves you haven't been worked about Arsenal's prospects and next season. Oh, yeah, this is good. That was like, that's nonsense. You haven't yeah. seen, and it was like, yeah, I'll, I actually went, I'll live with you. I've not watched Arsenal in six months. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. what, I, mean, what I will any... say, go on. No, what I will say is obviously, very slightly involved, obviously, with organising you know, media work for, for certain ex-players. I think the, the game has risen so drastically in, in the last maybe four or five years because there are so many ex-players who want to, to do work. And there is a lot more work out there now. But because it's become, I think, more competitive, you know, everyone's had to, to raise the game. And, and the amount of football that, you know, a lot of the top pundits will, will get through and watch is amazing. And, and using things that really scouts would use, like programs like Scouts, um, which uh, can, can condense pretty much any football game around the world into sort of 15-minute highlights, 30-minute highlights, whatever. I think people would be sort of interested how many uh, pundits are there are using programs like that to cover a huge amount of games. And not just games they are they are working on, but games they, you know, they may have to cover later in the season. So they are a little bit, um, well, considerably actually considerably more informed than um, than they might have been in the past the weird thing but, yeah um, there's a yeah. thing as well i think that there's a need for and again it's it's entertainment and, and and boyd knows more about this than anyone else in terms of the entertainment industry but more and more now football is seen as this and pundits need to have that balance between having the charisma to and, and actually i think that when with michael richards who i know you, you you do a lot of work with josh he's a good he gives insight and often it's quite honest insight into what it's like to be a player and what it's like to feel certain things and that's what we don't have we we as people that haven't played that top level don't understand that but at the same time has an ability to connect with the viewer, which I think too many of, maybe it's a generational thing. Maybe I think because of these players who have been brought up in the era of that wall-to-wall coverage are more aware of what's needed rather than the kind of after-dinner type speaking punditry that, that, that's, that's been seen from some of the older players. He won Best New Pundit of the Year in something I saw today, Josh. Yeah. Yeah, Football 365, I think, gave him a very kind uh, mention, yeah. which yeah. is great. And, and look, it, it's but an he's very good. joy working yeah. with him, and I'm very biased, and he'll be on Match of the Day in an hour and a half by the time we're probably listening yeah. back to this podcast. So He's great. Know, he, he's he is, great. He gets, we should have mentioned you Kevin know, Campbell. Through a lot right. of football. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. You, Kevin you're, Campbell. You're a big fan of Kev. <laughs> well, I love Kevin Campbell. Um, but and, and he was the other pundit with um with Enya Luka. Enya Luka. And, and I thought I, I have to I could sense sometimes like he was trying to, in the nicest possible way, correct Enya Luka some of the things like, you know, like she said at one point, I bat me, I get a really good second half. I was like, really? Did he? Which we should talk about in a sec. But Kevin was being very polite and, and nice. But Kevin Campbell knows what's going on i mean arsenal i think he he was it, that was that was clear to me but i think that one thing i was going to have been thinking about the amazon coverage it's incredibly conservative considering you know they're such this is a huge thing for them right they're the they're the outside force in the whole live football tv market 
And yet they use the same, you know, Alan Shearer is the pundit tonight for the Man United game. Robbie Savage was on earlier on their, you know, on their version of Soccer Saturday when they're sitting watching all the games. Terrible, boring, you know, with all due respect. Jim Beglin's been going for decades. You know, we don't need, I mean, where are the new voices? You know, you were talking about the number of um, ex-footballers. I'd like to see, I've been saying this for years, I'd like to see someone, one um live football outlet use journalists more I, and you know journalists i think i think the Harris, BT, yeah. sport, bt sports goal show is brilliant oh it's fantastic when, yeah in the yeah, european nights yeah you've got guys yeah. like julian lawrence and people that again I've how been, good uh, is that exactly exactly because it, it, it's 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 eloquent insightful and part of it is an understanding of the game but part of it is the ability and this is where and this it's dangerous thing because you could be accused of sort of intellectual snobbery it's also about the ability to articulate because that is another right. problem. So, so that when you get the charisma that these these modern pundits, I think, I think there will be actually. I think some of the players that we're retiring soon will be fantastic pundits. I think that they will be, hopefully, less media trained than some of their like predecessors. I think there's the media trained over over trained thing where it's just sound bites, and that's the sort of thing as you say, like, oh, Abamyang has had a great game. Well, no, he hasn't, and you need to be able to. Also, there needs to be a bravery to call out things to actually yeah. say, "Yeah, he's had a shocker," yeah. or "What was he thinking about there?" Or, like, I've just watched. Sorry, I was, you might have seen me pulling faces. First of all, last Leeds' last goal is phenomenal, um, Rafinha's strike. But the comical own goal—I don't know if you've seen it yet—that sets off yeah, the yeah. lead. It's, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. brilliant. And yeah. Sam Allardyce's face makes it even better. <laughs> yeah. But you're right about the, um, uh, yeah, about ha- that kind of strong, I thought the, I thought the, the general kind of um, consensus of opinion on our game tonight on the Amazon coverage was incredibly banal. It was like, it was like, that. it was nothing really interesting being, I mean, they even had, they got Arteta on for a live chat at the end of the game. And that was a real letdown as well, because they didn't really challenge him on the fact that we went, you know, how many games, you know, without a win, loads of games, that many defeats in a row. And he keeps saying, by the way, you know, I'm, I'm pleased we are turning it around. Brilliant. Let's hope, you know, if we win the next couple of games, then he really will have turned it around. I think that, you know, we're, we have to hold judgment. But he's still saying that we've been unlucky in those games. And like, for me, the reason why I bang on about that first half being a reversion was because that's exactly the shit we've been playing for age and age until the Chelsea game, until we, he found something new with really... I think, by the way, that if it hadn't been for the um, for the COVID issue with um, William, he probably would have played instead of Smith Rowe. I mean, I don't know that for a fact, but I'm going to suggest it. I'm going to put it out there. Smith Rowe's been forced on him, probably, and it could well rescue his his managerial job at Arsenal. Boy, the, the Chelsea game saw our, our, our lowest pass completion of the season, and I lo- I love it. Yeah, I love it's great. It. Yeah, it's they have more possession, way more possession. Yeah. But no, no pass completion. We made seventy percent of our passes, which is shocking. But it's not shocking if you're taking risk and, and playing on the front foot. Exactly. And actually, the, the I mean, don't get me started about that crosses thing that he kept on banging on, going about the amount of cross. So if we were Burnley, maybe then you could go, all right, that 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 makes sense. It makes zero sense, and it, and, it, and it was a distraction technique that just wasn't working on any Arsenal fan that I know because we were all seeing with our eyes what we're seeing. There's no, there's no way you can say, oh, no, no, completely. It's sterile domination. Tottenham were aggravatingly good at just going, yeah, have the ball. Go on. Yeah. Do something with it. We're, we're just going to have a low block and we're going to let you play Everton. Same thing. With, and everyone. Yeah, everyone. Everton was almost worse. It was almost like, well, they were actively waiting for us to make a mistake because yeah. it would happen. And now actually what I hope is by going on the front foot a bit more, 
um, I, I, I'm being realistic. That I know that some of that personnel, their performances will dip. I, I, Holdings playing played pretty well today. Actually, I thought he was very good under a lot of aerial bombardment. I'm still not convinced by him as a as, as a top end Premier League centre back. Yeah, like, Murray again. I thought Murray had a good game. He, yeah, think, again, yeah. He, he 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 had a much better game at Chelsea. He, I mean. We won, so we shouldn't be too hard on him. But I mean, yeah, he was slow. He was booked for a come to challenge and gave away a penalty. I think that <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was his first game in in a long, long time. So uh, yeah, it, it was hard. But again, that was forced on Arteta. We, uh, yeah, really, he'd pick anyone but Louise at the moment, by all accounts. Uh, but and we have to phase Louise out, don't we? Anyway, Louise is at the end of his ex- contract extension. I mean, I for me, the, it's like I'll defend Louise as a footballer. But I won't defend him is in terms of toxicity and the effect he's clearly having on the squad, which is, it, we've seen it before at other clubs. So I think that that is something that needs to be addressed by all accounts from what you're hearing. And those aforementioned journalists that we speak so highly of who do have insight and do have is closer to the ground. There are lots of problems within that squad and that's not going to be resolved until some of those problematic players are removed from said squad. So yeah, it's we those are, older, it's those older players who are playing terribly. I mean, not well. I mean, Louise isn't playing terribly. Louise is different. But yeah, um, yeah. Willie, so, the idea, the story that Willian and Louise went to see, um, uh, you know, what's his name in charge here, uh, and complained about uh, Arteta. Yeah, uh, but also, Edu, Edu went to see Edu was Edu, the story sorry, and complained about Arteta. It's unbelievable to me. I mean. You know, they haven't got anything. They should, the only thing should be complaining. I mean, William should be complaining that he's that he's picked at all. I mean, that is outrageous. I, but, hang on, we can, we we got to differentiate between the two of them. We, you know, William yeah, has I, been I know. considerably more disappointing than than David Luiz, and I suspect David Luiz has still got a fair amount of football to play for us this season, and and possibly William um, does as well. Although probably not from the not from the start in quite the same way. It's been almost uh, you know without thinking so far. So I, I think David Luiz will come back into the team probably. Um, you know, fairly soon. And uh, yeah, I think we, uh, you know, we've, um, we've got options in defence and it's been, it's been good to see that Pablo Mari is one of those options and it, but it, it just, you know, when everyone wonders, you know, what, what on earth has happened with Saliba and, you know, Socrates is not even, you, you, we've got yeah. a lot of options at centre-back, don't we? We really do. Yeah. Exactly. Barca bound Mustafi as well. Oh God. Yeah. So rumours, weird transfer rumours at the moment. I mean, that one is bewildering, isn't it? That that um, Mustafi for Barcelona one. You've seen that Diego Costa is. That's the other one. Yeah, I was going to talk about that. I'm actually a free agent, so because uh, I think you'll go to Wolves. Um, I, I mean, I have a weird soft spot for Diego Costa, having done one thing with him, and he's actually one of the nicest human oh, beings. I mean, he was terrifying in his day, wasn't he? He was absolutely he terrorised Arsenal relentlessly when he played for Chelsea. But fuck off. The idea of <laughs> signing him now after the misery of William. You, we cannot sign another ex-Chelsea mid-30s fucking yeah. twat ever again. I mean, I, I think... The, Os- I think Oscar's contract, Oscar's contract's going to be cancelled possibly oh, in as well. We could have Jesus a, re- a reunion of sorts. Oh, I mean, what... Yeah. Depra- I, yeah, I can't believe... I can't believe that's true. Um... We do. Sorry, Josh. Yeah, you think we should uh, take a break and come back? I think yes. so. Why not? Let's take a break <laughs> with the idea of uh, weird transfers uppermost in our mind, and we'll be back after this.
If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. And we're back. I want to talk about a couple of individual players as well. Um, one... Uh, positive Bellerin, who I thought was having a bad time in in the period where of of no wins and lots of defeats, and he was I think he he wasn't really contributing that much, and he was giving the ball away even more than he sometimes does normally. But in the Chelsea game, him his full back, his bombing up the wing play was up there with Tierney's. Really, it was both of them, wasn't it? Doing that relentlessly and brilliantly, and he did it again today, kind of more in the second half. Um, helped with a goal, etc. So, I mean, I know that Alan Alger pretty much hates um, Bellerin, doesn't he? He's very critical yeah. of him. I, I've always had a soft spot for him, not just because he's like Mr. Vegan fashion yeah, boy, but progressive uh, player in the, in the yeah. But at least attacking wise, he's really he can be really really good. And often he's our only. Sometimes in these among these defeats, he's been our only one who's tried to have any kind of forward vigor and momentum. And I think he's had a couple of good games apart from the first half, in which everyone was terrible. Yeah, he's lost he's lost the searing pace that made him a prospect to be potentially one of the best right backs in the world. That's gone, and so the best that he can hope for now is um, to be a a good right back doing a job. I think. I think that's the problem we have is that he was going to be measured against his potential, which he's never going to achieve now after the injury. And I think that's why the likes of Alan are, are negative about him because there was, he was so exciting. And now it's not just there. If he, if he loses the ball, which he occasionally does, he, he will struggle to match the, the winger for pace. Whereas in the past, he would just see a pass him. I have quite a, a very quick Hector Bellerin story. Um, in that I was running the other day um, in the, countryside in the country lanes around St Albans and I was running up and it was it was quite a it was Sunday morning I think and I was running up and I was running up behind what I thought were just two goths walking down the middle of the road ahead of me mm. and obviously Covid I'm you don't want to get too close I don't want to freak someone out so I'm shouting from quite a long way back excuse me excuse I'm like what are goths doing going out for a ramble it's very odd and as they turned around around about 10 minutes 10 metres behind them is Hector Bellerin and, and what I presume is his, is his partner. Um, a very, a very attractive lady. And he looks... A very attractive lady. Very attractive lady. Okay, just check. Just get, just you you kind of went a bit vague yeah, there. Yeah. Just, just establishing but, that. But he looked like someone dressing like Johnny Depp on a night out. It was, <laughs> it, was, it was one of the most surreal things. And I sort of slowed down and I've actually worked with Hector a couple of times and there was like a vague flash of recognition, but I thought, I'm a sweaty, big bearded guy running behind these. But it was just the fact that for about, I don't know, 30 seconds I was pulling up behind them, I was going, it's a very strange thing to see goths out for a walk because of big black long leather jacket. And yeah, anyway, it was, and, and, and as I went past, I articulated with a thumbs up, that was all it was, and went past and that was enough for me. But, um, and his performances have dipped ever since. No, I'm joking. He, um, he, he's a decent player. I think 
we are not exactly. I mean, Suarez is is not a decent player. Is 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 limited, and and will hopefully only see League Cup games from now on. Maitland Niles being the other option, who actually as a wing back, I actually think offers more than Bellerin because I think he's a cleverer footballer. I think Bellerin is is our best right back, but I still think that yeah, we could improve that position. But there's but there was a lot of clamour for yeah Maitland Niles to take. I mean, he, he, he was dropped, wasn't he, for one? Or was he suspended? It, yeah. It's a good response from Bellerin. Yeah, it's a good you response. That. That's what I think, yeah. takes that. You know, yeah. it's, 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 to, to have someone in your position signed on a long-term deal who's a recognised, you know, got a better international football pedigree than, than Hector does, to be, to be fair, in terms of caps for, you know, Portugal, which are, you know, not exactly, a, you know, significantly uh, weaker international football nation. And I think you have to respect the, the way that Hector's returned, especially after, you know, pressure from Maitland-Niles um, as well. And, um, yeah, yeah, I'd be pretty pleased with him. But again, you know, Maitland-Niles will have a lot of football um, still to play. And I'm sure we've got, you know, so many games coming up in, in, in January, don't we? we it, you know, it's the 14th um, and 18th, the 20th, the 30th. There's just these, these games. And obviously, if we do progress in the FA Cup, there'll be yet another fixture. So um, there's such a lot to come. But just looking at the league table now, Boyd, I mean, we're, we're, we're what are we, 16 games it's um, three more until the halfway stage. I mean, out of those next three games, what would you what would you be happy with? We obviously got West Brom, um, and then we've got um, we've got Newcastle, don't we? And, and Crystal Palace are the, the three next uh, league games with an FA Cup tie against Newcastle. I'm just thinking, if we take seven points in these next three league games, and we have know, to find we have ourselves, to take, we have to take at least yeah. seven points from those games. I think well, I think it will be it will be um, it will be a disgrace if we, we don't take. If we're if we're twenty seven at the halfway, I think we will take that considering what what are we looking like? Yeah, and that, we, we if we can get to that point, we'll be in contention again for you know just pushing top six. I mean, it feels a long way away, but no, I, I agree. Think, I, I mean, we, we can easily contention the the, the, the table. Sorry, Sorry, Gareth. The table is incredibly concertinaed at the top. And all it takes, two more, three, we've got a good run, right? This is a good run on paper against teams that we should beat, right? And I think just in time, just in time for this run, by whether by accident or design, I think he stumbled upon his best team, bearing in mind whether, you know, it's Lacazette or Aubameyang, but Martinelli, Emil Smith-Rowe, Bakayo Zaka, who's brilliant again today, they have to be, you know, he has to, as much as, you don't, you don't want to overplay them and all that, and I know that, but that a lot of people have been talking about, actually, the best the best performances in this Christmas period are by the teams that have had less turnaround, less um, less dropping and mixing around of players. If you actually, these young players can, can deal with playing a few games in a row. So I think he's stumbled upon his best team right now, a better team than that. Those forget William. I don't want to see William anywhere near this first team for a while. He can play in the cup game. I don't mind. For example, and you know Pepe. I really like. I, I, you know, I've defended Pepe, but you have to say that you know Pe- Martinelli and Zucker are better bets right now than Pepe. But right. Martin, so that, for those reasons, so one well, quickly. Let me quickly finish this point. <laughs> so I think we can go on the run, and he can keep a fairly stable team. But, but forgetting the cups, and it could go well. The only slightly worrying thing is Aubameyang who is so, again today, so weirdly out of form. What do you think? What were you wanting to say, Gareth? I was, I was wanting, just to temper sort of the, the positivity a little bit around, those players are fantastic. Saka is just, I keep expecting him, his performance to dip, and it's not. And, and, it, and it proves quite what a special player he is. 
Martinelli's coming back from a long-term injury and there were signs today that he, he's going to have games where he, he will frustrate, he, he won't necessarily won't, won't quite click. And Smith-Rowe is so inexperienced that we, we have to be aware that there are going to be games where they will probably have to either be taken out of the firing line because their performance is struggling, they're struggling or they're not quite good. They are the best players at the moment, but they're not the best players we have. And I think that's... Who's better? The key difference. Smith Rowe is a is a talent with potential, but we have better players than him at the club in a, in a, in a second in a, in a playing in that hole in that position. Who? Yeah. Who? Well, one of them, Mesut Ozil, is one of them. But that's, oh, that's but realistic. But realistically, he's not. Mesut Ozil is never going to play for the club again. You know that. What realistically? Yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm 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 more than aware of that. I'm saying actually, and this is going to be very contentious. Talent wise, William is a better. No, player. no. He's, but no, no, no. He but he's not playing to the level of his talent. He is a better. But what point are you making? Are you saying you want to see William play instead of no, Smith Rowe? I'm saying that we have to be aware that actually, Josh keeps. I think two players that we'll see a lot of they'll play a lot of football. And I think that's the sort of wording that I would use, the likes of Pepe. There will also be different opponents that will not necessarily... There'll be people that will actually go, do you know what? He's inexperienced. We'll knock him out of his stride early. There'll be the cynical type players who, like a Hoiberg, who would gobble up Smith Rowe for breakfast because he's a nasty little shit. Smith Rowe can cope with that. No. Smith Rowe's a... Stu- he's, he's not, he's not, he's not, he's not an Enketia. No, you hear about, oh, no, but you, don't, you hear about from the championship, the games Smith-Rowe struggled in were the physicals where he was targeted. He did not play. If he, was, if he had played that well, he'd have come back to like fanfare. He didn't. And part of the reason was, so we have to, all I'm saying is expectations need to be managed about yeah. him. He's done very well in the one and a half games because he didn't really. Exactly, Boyd. There's not a big enough sample study here to start clamouring for Emil Smith-Rowe to be a regular starter now, ahead of Willian, ahead of Pepe. No, no, no. I don't, I don't, I don't agree. See it. I don't agree. Not necessarily ahead of Pepe, but definitely ahead of Willian. Willian has been an absolute disaster oh, I, I apart from his first game. And when a player is on that terrible form, there's absolutely no point in not sticking with the player who's come in, in that, in that position, and played really well in two games and all right obviously what, what the whole team was terrible in the first half I mean he wasn't any particularly worse than he, and he actually was a key part of us being better in the second half and I'm not saying he has to play every single game I'm saying just at the right time we found someone within the squad a homegrown player who thank That's God great. can rescue us in the short to medium term from <laughs> William who has been an absolute disaster so the, and, in the longer and, term, and Ozil's not going to play. So we have to buy. We have to buy in that position. It's what Arteta wanted in our. And we can't what, afford to buy. What? We can't afford to buy, Gareth. You know that. Of course, we can afford to buy. Oh, I mean, who, who do you think we're going to buy in a, num- a number ten? An experienced number ten is going to come in. I doubt it. I very much. In so. the French, I mean, I would say the French league is bereft. Like it is, the money has dropped out. It's the bottom corner, and you'll be able to get players for half the price they had to be in in the summer. And I absolutely expect us to to get a couple of players from that league over the next nine months. Now, if we do it in January, oh, nine in, months, um, sure, yeah. But but I think that. But there is, there is an opportunity to potentially take someone on loan with you to buy or something like that. There will be, listen, I mean, I, I actually am more negative about the general state of our club than I'm about our youthful attacking options. Because I think the, the fact is we have a great set of young players in the squad. Now, my 
concern and I heard someone say this the other day and it, and it did resonate with me it's like is Arteta the person to bring those through because it has the experience and actually what we need is a manager now the modeling and I do actually I think explicitly said it is they want the squad to be predominantly young homegrown nurtured players with a like a sprinkling of experience now but isn't the problem a, well, it's a bit late for that <laughs> go no, on but really, hang on we've got, I mean we've got, we've got we, a really good young squad I think I mean Saka We've all universally in love with man of the match again tonight. Yeah, who plays every England single game? But, and can I just say, brilliant. you're right. Saka plays every single game. No one is saying at any point. Oh, rest him. He plays every single fucking game, every major game for us. Yeah. In whatever and position, he'll, he'll need a break sooner. And he arrived. He arrived in a very similar. Can I just finish this point? Saka arrived in a slightly similar way and rescued us, and has become has become our best player, the key to, to most of our whatever positive we manage. Right, and I'm saying in a similar way Martinelli who's a brilliant player and is absolutely capable of playing week in week out and being a really really good oh, we're allowed, he's allowed to have a bad performance every now and then Gareth. You're your face. what I'm saying is they're better time. bets they're better bets Smithrow Martinelli Zaka are better bets than the older players that we've been playing in those positions thus far this season and our form is clear on that there's no I don't see any don't argument be, in that. better bets don't mean better players and that's all I was saying was there are well, there it's is... irrelevant whether they're better players or not because of course I'm not saying <laughs> Smithrow's better than Mesut Ozil but Mesut Ozil's not going to play no no but hopefully hopefully the pressure that we put on those players to perform, to win this place about, because the biggest galling, most galling thing about the William situation for me is he was getting picked starting. He was one of the non-negotiables. Yeah. This, yeah. And that worries me more. Yes, thank God. Everything. Now he's not. Because there Smith should be no non-negotiables. There should be, your, your substandard performances mean you're, you're out the side. And it wasn't happening. And I agree with you. I would be fascinated to know how, how his COVID exclusion maybe forced us to hurt his hand. Now, all I would hope is in a normal football team, a normal football club, you would have now like, right, you've got to earn your place back. That's what normally would happen. And I hope that it happens because then I would hope that those, the Pepe's and Williams will raise their game because they have to, to get their places back. They can't just, and it was what Wenger was accused of a lot was like, there would be players that would be picked. They knew they were going to be picked. So why would they even sort of like put, put in that level of intensity of performance that those younger players obviously have the need in their minds to do to retain their places? That should be the case for every player in every position, but it won't be because there will be these non-negotiables. And that's my concern. Actually, is, is that going to happen? Is that going to happen? And oh God, I'm actually slightly concerned that Arteta is not the strongest of characters in this situation to be going, no, actually, I will I will pick the best eleven, and you're right, boy. The best eleven at the moment does not include any of those experienced players. That's the only point I'm making. It doesn't, and I think that that has happened by accident or design, and at a key moment in our season, it, honestly, it could save the whole th- save the whole season. And, and you know, I'm not saying I have to play all of the week and week out. What I am saying is, we happen to have three absolutely top class players who potentially could save our season and they're starting to do that already by being key elements in this in these two wins would and it's no coincidence particularly William I bang on about William but Pepe who I've defended relentlessly but Martinelli and Zaka compare the way they run with the ball and the way they and and their relentless positivity and they don't stop when it comes to the penalty area, like Pepe does, Pepe, you know, that, that, remember that? And the last pe- game Pepe played when Match of the Day did that analysis of him, when he literally like stops at the penalty area and doesn't carry on running. You see the amount of running that Martinelli and Zucker and, and Smithrow get through. You just have to say they're better 
right now than our 72 million Pepe. And sadly, it's annoying, Boyd. but it just might be that they rescue us, that Pepe was never going to rescue us. Carry on. Josh. Boyd, in, the, in, in, the, in an order of most to least, who do you think will get most Premier League minutes between now and the end of a season? Pepe, Willian or Smith-Rowe? Who do you think will get who the most Who do I think minutes? will? Who do you think um, will get the most minutes, yeah, of the three of those? I, I, it's, I mean, I don't know. I, I, actually, I'm going to say it right now. Okay, I'll, I'll say Smith Rowe. I'm going to take a gamble and say Smith Rowe. Okay, I couldn't. I mean, I'll go third. I'll, I'll put that in reverse. I'll go okay. Smith Rowe third. Um, I, I just don't see it. I look. I, I, I get that he's had, a, he's had a good impact. There'll be more games for him, but I, you know, there, there is, is got to be. I think he'll return to. to I think to Pepe. I, I actually think. Pepe um, will, will be the one that could. Um, he didn't even bring Pepe on today. Soon. But then Willian, um, Josh, he Josh, Willian. he didn't bring. He didn't even bring no, Pepe on I, a sub today. I think I, I, I actually, it's three different answers from th- all three of us. I horrible, and I agree. I wish this doesn't happen. I think that we'll go back to the safer option of Willian as and when he's more available, and hopefully his his performances will safer in what way. Ball retention, doing the sense what he, he doesn't. He, he gives the ball away. What experience? Are you saying safe? Are you saying from the mind of Arteta? Yeah. In yes. the oh, okay, fine. In the mind I, of Arteta, I, I, I don't. The reality like is, he hasn't been safe at all because it's been absolute disaster. But 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 it's been the opposite of safe. He has also been playing more often than not out of position. Alleged, like the theory. I mean, the theory we brought him that he could play in all these positions, but he wanted to play in number ten. And actually, he's rarely played that. And I, this is I'm, it makes it sound like I'm defending William. And trust me, if there was flies on the flies on my wall, would be tutting at me now because they've heard me call Willian out in every single game I've watched this this season because he's he's aggravated me to that level but I do think there's a player in there still I just don't think he's been anywhere near the level that he could be my concern is that and this is why I would like us to strengthen in January in that specific... I'd love us to strengthen that position I'd love it but I just don't I don't know realistically I mean I, I hope so who knows how I mean if Obviously, Urza's on his way out, and there is a theory that he might go in January. I know there's lots of shrouded talk about he's not going to leave to the end of his contract, but he's going to Turkey one way or the other. And I think that actually it, it would make sense for us just to pay up and, and, and get him away from the squad. I think the same for Socrates. I think there are certain players that clearly are not having a positive influence. And then surely the, the wage that are freed up will allow us to bring in someone on a reasonable loan deal at, at worst potentially and I, I again i'm this is me but I, about lazy punditry i've read a couple of articles about how this like the tv deal in france has, uh, has sure. gone and therefore a lot of this the the teams are in serious financial trouble and are considering selling assets so sure no 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 I, but i personally i don't actually think he's looking for i don't even think he's looking for a number 10 i think he's looking for someone to play alongside party in midfield so they can get rid of Xhaka and Elneny as an option I think he wants party and a another more creative central midfield player I don't even think he, I don't he bought William he bought William precisely because he didn't have faith in Pepe as in you know in that kind of in that in a wide role or whatever potentially maybe with William he could play in the number 10 role etc but I, I, he clearly doesn't fancy Pepe. He didn't even bring him on today, as I said. And he, that's why he brought William. William's been an absolute disaster. So that's why, to go back to your question, 
He he absolutely he has not blind. He can see with his own eyes that Smith Rowe has done really well, albeit within a very. Of course, it's a tiny, it's a tiny. Um, uh, but he talked today after the match about how well he played in Europe. Blah blah blah. I think I think, he, and he, the other thing is, he knows that as the manager of Arsenal right now, if he brings back William, if William walks back into this team, the first moment he's free of fucking COVID or whatever else he's got wrong with him. He's going to get slaughtered if we then lose a game and if William carries on playing as badly as he is. What's the point of it? I don't see the point of bringing him back. So I, I, I stick with my... I, I don't think Arteta is that stupid well, that he's going to rely on the safe, input, safe option of our worst performer of the season, our most disappointing player of the season. No way. No way. I don't buy but it. Boy, you, you, William's not on a six-month loan deal where we can bid him off. It doesn't matter. It you know, doesn't matter. You can't, you can't play him. He's not being he, bombed out here. He's not. Just, he's not bombing him out. He, he will be... Involved but there's an option now. There's an, there was no option. It was either Pepe or him, wasn't it, before? Now there's an option. There's another option. And I think the, the other option makes sense in every single way, apart from the, in quotes, easy option of relying on your, in quotes, experienced, decent player, yeah. who's been the a only, fucking nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, Look, maybe being out of the team will will not be the worst thing in the world for Willian, and and, and taking that break and and uh, maybe okay. coming off the bench and okay. having a bit more impact. Uh, you, we may have written him off a, a little bit too soon here. With, <laughs> I don't um, want to see him back in the team. More. Let's move on from this to discuss Aubameyang. What the fuck ha- is happening with Aubameyang, who missed three chances that on another, you know, about a year ago or not even a year ago. I think he's a lucky boy. Honestly, I, I think it's coming and it will, it will all turn that one where uh, Saka's put it across at the start of the second half. He's got a great connection on it. it you know, th- there's a bit of luck there with, you know, the, the keeper's got in a good position, but that, that can go in, you know, you know, when you're that close to the goal, um, I think you're unlucky. And then shortly after that was one into the side netting. I, I think, I, I think, think it's, the, it's coming. I'm not I so concerned at the minute. There's a lack of conviction there, Josh, which worries me slightly. I think that I I, I, I don't see it coming. I, I don't see it. he's not turning into a bad player overnight, but the there was one particular against Tottenham where he did something which a an average striker would do, where he took it and rather than sit over on his ass and go back in and curl it in, he just shot weakly with his left foot and it made it look like a good block. And that for me was not the cutting edge of Amiang that we've seen where he has a swagger. He, he's playing without swagger at the moment and that is more of a concern. Yeah. We need to get the swagger back. And that might come from one game where he bangs in a hat-trick within seven minutes and it's uh, he's clearly a, a player that enjoys playing well and enjoying his game. He's not enjoying it at the moment and that's evident. There was a... he, he He's not smiling as much. It's little, very clear things you can see in his just demeanour that are not the same as it was five months ago, back end of last season. I think with... Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm part gonna of say, that is the gruelling lack of chances created for him in that run by and, by and our, the fact that he, he also played a lot of minutes. And 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 he, he is... There wasn't a proper pre-season. He's played a lot this season. And I go back to, and this is my... I keep saying it, is we will see players we don't want to see because the likes of Martinelli will get another serious injury if he gets played every game all the time now because he is back from a very serious injury and the danger of him having another injury because of it is, is, is heightened because of that. So we have to be realistic that those three will not play every game. Hopefully, obviously they can get a rest against Newcastle in the cup. Um, I would expect against West Brom, those three potentially not to play as, as a unit again. Saka got a knock at the end of the game today. He seemed fine. By the way, a moment for Saka's response when he was told that he was man of the match. Yeah. I absolutely love that. Yeah, Again, brilliant. Yeah. Players with a little bit of character. And you, 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 when Saka broke into the team, you thought, he's a quiet lad. But he's, he's got a little bit of 
like quite yeah, cheeky. Oh, he, his answer, his dealing when the, the the accident or design goal against Chelsea yeah. um, was a brilliant, equally brilliant moment as well. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. I, look, I, I, I don't, I'm not saying they're going to play every single fucking game. Let me just say, I'm just saying. It's happened. We are, I'm very uh, the, the best thing that's happened in the recent weeks. As good as winning these two games is providing another option so I don't have to watch William play. That's what I'm saying. Um, I, I think Aubameyang. Yeah, I think Aubameyang. Uh, the weird thing for me is about him is, and I think it is all entirely mental. All these things are mental. With you know, he's a brilliant player. He's not lost that, but and he looked so happy for Lacazette. He, you know, I think he he seems just happier when Lacazette is playing with him. Boy, don't forget he's club captain. It, we need yeah, to yeah, win yeah. games. Like yeah. it's 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 on his shoulders, it's on his, a, on his shoulders a little bit yeah. at the moment. So sure. um, even in ball retention, though, like he gives the ball away more often. You know, it, 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 just every element of his play has been disappointing since he signed the deal. Um, well, at you least know. he, you know, at least he has scored, hasn't he? In this, um, you know, in this yeah. December period, yeah. and then you know, just finding one. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Let's hope that we can do as well as Leeds United did when we when we made the trip to the Hawthorns. And actually, I made a mistake earlier. I said this would be our second easiest game of the season, um, thinking briefly that West Brom um, were coming to the Emirates. But of course, we are going there, so we're that technically there, yeah. will will change the order. But honestly, I um, I'm so looking forward and desperately hoping Arsenal uh, beat a Sam Allardyce team. It's been it's been a few years and. Uh, Something to uh, something to enjoy. You're very in, confident uh, about this season, Josh. Well, I, look, have you I, honestly? I've seen it's a bit of West Brom play, and I know it against no, Liverpool. They drew against Liverpool. They dug in. I know, but it was. Oh, I mean, oh. one, one. It was one of them where like attack, and even their keeper Sam Johnson made an extraordinary um, save in the last couple of minutes. I mean, it, you know, brilliant. And actually, it was a, a, a former Arsenal trainee, um, Ajay, who got the um, who got the goal for West Brom. Um, but largely this year, I mean, if you think we've had a crap season and we've managed to get to 20 points they're on eight i know, so it's, I know. we need hey, to put this look, into perspective not, they, we should absolutely fucking slaughter them what i'm saying is our record against teams lower than lower teams mediocre yeah. to shit teams who play have with 10 men behind the ball and have a low ball is not great it's terrible so I'm let's not be cocky between, about it i'm somewhere in between the two of you because i think okay. that actually two of those points are against city and liverpool both away from home yes so, yes. but they were both games. Yes, Liverpool game more than City game. City game, City have a lack of spark. Liverpool should have been home and hose half yeah, and in that game, and, and then it was them taking their foot off the pedal rather than. And West Brom suddenly grew into the game because they were allowed to. I would hope that we would be able to dominate the game, put them on the back foot, get a, get an early goal. So I think that they are so fragile of confidence. If you think that we've been at various points, they clearly, like, I'm not having this Sam Allardyce as a magician when it comes to sort of like blitz spirit and all that. He's, it's an outmoded management style that might get some results, but hopefully a front foot start from us will see the game done by half time. Oh, bold, bold. Okay. So hopefully, um, hopefully. You know that I don't, I don't like to um, throw a... Um, well, I'm throwing. I'm throwing a, a, a what's the phrase I'm grasping for? Sorry, I'm retired. Yeah, something like that. Um, is that there's talk? You know, the Premier League is is talking about the um, the rather alarming rate of COVID tests, yeah. uh, positive tests, and there's every chance they're going to have to stop playing for a couple of weeks. I mean, that's yeah, a possibility. Well, well, Tottenham is meant to be. I'm um, like, yeah, potentially got happening tomorrow. Yeah. So I, in I which case. I was told that is going to happen that game, but I, I don't know. I saw the rumours on Twitter, but then I was told by someone who should know that it, it probably is going ahead. So, I mean, who I knows? Like, yeah, I mean, what do you think, Boyd? If well, they stop to be honest, it for two weeks, 
I think it's really worrying for us because we're just hitting form. We're just about hitting form. And then we then have to take a fucking fortnight break in which Willian comes back, you know, it's fucking, it's a fucking nightmare to be honest. So I really hope it doesn't happen. But apart from, you know, I don't want anyone to I mean, get what, sick, but. What, yeah. What isn't sustainable is, is, is having, I guess what they had on, on um, Monday with Man City's game against Everton being called off, you know, yeah. four hours before that. Yeah. is unsustainable. I think you can obviously, um, acknowledge that um, if a few players are out, as long as there's a you know a team that can go and fulfil the fixture, that you know it's everyone's got to be careful. It's kind of the same uh, the same for everyone. But if we get to a situation where I don't know, let's say you know Man City, I don't know quite what the situation is with the remaining upcoming fixtures. But if they get three games or more behind other teams in the league, it will it will start to be uh, you know very very so difficult. United couldn't fulfil; they couldn't fill the bench today. Because of it, yeah. And I felt, I felt, they I still felt, played though, didn't they? I felt for them a little well, bit. Well, City, City could, yeah, have, have fielded a, a yeah. large. Their squad is large enough to have like had yeah, a course of players in the bench. But this is why you know Jurgen Klopp banging on about how they should need five substitutes. This was one of the reasons that was supposed to be more equal by only keeping it to three. So if you know those that had massive squads weren't going to be uh, unfairly um, benefiting from the from the situation. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it would be such a blow to have to have football stopped and what on earth this does to the already very congested um, season. But, you know, what can you say? Ultimately, health has to uh, has to come first. There's just a massive, yeah. uh, you know, red flag, isn't there, with, you know, 11th of June being the start of the Euros. There's just, there's just so little leeway. Yeah. Um, I guess we have to have predictions. I feel like we didn't really... Um because we didn't do a podcast after the Chelsea, we didn't really underline just how joyous it is was to defeat those fucking twats at Chelsea. It was, it was a brilliant, I mean, they were shit as well, weren't they? It was like partly because they were shit. It was a bit like, but we totally took advantage of them being shit. shit. And actually we, we, I'm very unlike us smelt blood and went yeah. for their particular areas of weakness where we were able to, you mentioned fullbacks earlier on. They were, their fullbacks were allegedly playing with slight knocks and yeah. it was known that, and also they're not that good at defending James and Chilwell. They're great on the front foot. So what we, what we, what we turned the game into was a fullback battle and our fullbacks came out on top. I think the midfield dominated. I loved it when they took whoever they took off to free Kante up. It was like, what, yeah. a, what a decision. Like, <laughs> yeah. Imagine not bringing Giroud on. Giroud on when cross after cross was coming yeah, in. Incredible. It, well, we, we've had two games in a row, haven't we? We didn't get to see Giroud. We didn't get to see Daniel, um, Daniel, Daniel Welbeck. Daniel Welbeck. Uh, but Daniel we did Beck. see Theo. So of the three, yeah. we had one. We did see Theo. Who scored. Who not scored. even, yeah. Yeah. Who not even uh, turn on for work. When Theo scored, I did yeah. think I was, I thought you'd, you, would, you would be one of the people. Boyd who was cheering. No, I was, I was, you know, I'm, I'm pleased that he's found the right. club where it's playing him, playing him further forward. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we, we should finish on actual predictions though. Um, so uh, just West Gareth Brom. thinks, just, just West, West Brom. Brom. Yeah. Gareth thinks we're going to, it's all going to be over at half time. So what's three, your score three prediction? Nil, three, three nil by half time. Wow. And that's I'm the final gidding. score. I mean, this is giddiness. I don't yeah. know. I, yeah. I had a couple of drinks watching the game today. <laughs> no, I, I think, we should be good enough. Yeah, I've got in my mind's eye. I think we 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 take advantage of what we've got and what they haven't got, and we we're decisive. I think that would be a real statement, not just another win, a win with actually playing a little bit better and, and nullifying a pretty negative team. Mm. Josh, I, I think we'll win. Um, possibly only one nil. 
but I think we'll go there and uh, and carry on this little bit of uh, of run of form, keep the momentum up, and um, yeah, I'm encouraged. And uh, I suspect we may see uh, Mr. Pepe uh, return to the lineup in, instead of your beloved new. Uh, <laughs> I think Smith Rowe is going to be your new Theo Walcott, isn't he? Quite frankly, over the next how many years I'm of not, doing this podcast? I'm not saying no, 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 no. I'm not even, Smith Rowe. I'm going to get you a shirt with Smith Rowe 32 on the back, Boyd, um, <laughs> in the hope that you can wear it. Um, as I'm going to get your, you. I'm going to get you a shirt with William. William on the back. That was, really wasn't Theo him. number. Was this Theo thirty-two when he broke? Was that this first squad number with us? I've got. I don't know. It's a These great shout. That uh, maybe. Yeah, first maybe. Shirt when you got, I don't maybe. know. Maybe. Um, yeah, I would be surprised if Pepe played at all either. I'm not. I'm not necessarily convinced he might play instead of um, Smith Rowe though. We'll see. Um, I think it will be yeah tight. I think it'll be like two-one. I don't think we'll run away with it. It'll be. I, I think it's going to be quite scary. I've um, I've confirmed Theo was thirty-two in oh, the uh, in the two thousand seven-eight season, so it's a particularly uh, strong uh, pick from Gareth. So two-one Boyd, uh, one-nil me, and uh, and Gareth uh, said three-nil, didn't you? So three-nil, yeah, uh, three and a half strong, time. Uh, strong, prediction, strong predictions all round. Great. Great. Well, yes. this—I mean, look how much more enjoyable this has been, Boyd. I mean, everyone oh, doom gloom. It's been a massive. You're relief. welcome. You're welcome. Oh no, not me. Fuck no, you. partly no, you. It was, it was you. You. Yeah. More beard. more Smith Rowe. <laughs> more, more Martinelli, uh, and definitely more Saka. But um, it's been yeah, it's been it's a joy. Yeah, it's been a joy. It was a joy to beat Chelsea. It was a it was a half first half terror was was terrible when we when we and but to have two wins in a row is extraordinary and to reach the giddy heights of thirteenth, which I think could be the title of this of this podcast, Josh. The giddy heights of thirteenth. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, is is something. Let's cling to that. And we'll see what happens against West Brom. Thank you very much, Gareth Bear Parker. Thank you to you, your beard, your tattoos, your attempts to watch the... Uh, are you watching the Man United game? Which at the moment is still nil-nil on 83 minutes. Yeah, United had a goal this allowed, but on the whole... I haven't really been watching... Every, every now and then I've looked over and not a lot... Oh, David Hay is down now. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, this is gravity for people that yeah. know the results. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah you, well, Josh. thank you. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next uh, Monday. Yeah, probably. Bye. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.